Hey there, everyone. Welcome to episode two of uh, our Morbid Monday series. Uh, if it is Morbid Monday, then you know it's Monday. Uh, that's probably circular logic, but who cares? This is the, uh, of course, the audio version of the live show we do every Sunday evening at uh, 5 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Eastern on YouTube.com forward slash Legion podcasts. So, uh, yeah, uh, feel free to come out and share this conversation. Um, this was a real fun time. Not only was it my birthday, which we talk about for a bit, but uh, we got into a discussion of the Hellraiser casting that really went some places, and um, it was a lot of fun. It was just a good time all around, plus a great idea for a movie, and I'll leave it at that. But I, I think you're going to agree that we settled upon maybe the greatest film that uh, could ever be produced. So anyway, thanks very much for listening. This is the second full week of uh, releases for The Dark Parade. You're going to be getting some bonus stuff this week. So, you know, stay tuned. And uh, as I, I've been saying through this conversation you're about to hear and beyond, uh, you know, we're a new show at this point. So uh, please, if you're enjoying it, share it around, let other people know. Uh, and be sure you leave ratings and reviews wherever you get uh, the podcast. iTunes in particular is super helpful. So enough of my uh, carnival barking in the dark parade. Uh, let's get to it. Uh, thanks for listening. Enjoy your Monday. Enjoy your rest of the week. And we'll see you uh, for sure on Wednesday with a brand new episode of the regular show. Good evening indeed. Uh, hey everyone, welcome to uh, Sinister Sunday if you're watching it live, if you're listening uh, on the uh, the podcast feed, that will be a morbid Monday, but uh, hey, how are you doing? Uh, welcome to uh, what should be a, a very special show, and that I'm not wearing pants. And a lot of people ask, well, do you ever wear pants when you record? Sometimes, sometimes I do, not today. Um, anyway, uh, this is actually uh, a lot of fun. I've had, uh, quite a day. We did the Duncan Bow come correct this morning. Uh, so this is the second time I've streamed live in the same day. Um, which is probably something, uh, that is going to happen periodically. Um, and also, uh, after I did that, I went over to my lady's house and we worked on the Halloween decorations there, which are coming along, folks. Let me tell you, you will eventually get uh, some some video of this. But we we set up a whole little cemetery uh, in the yard uh, with our chicken wire ghosts. And once it gets dark, we should see uh, how all that looks. And uh, I'm very excited. We we did some good work today, the Lord's work, you might say. Um, so thanks for joining me. Also. It, it is, uh, as Alan pointed out in, in the chat, thank you very much. Uh, it, it is my birthday today. Um, so thanks very much for joining me on, on my birthday. That means a lot. And, uh, and it should be a good time. We should, like, I don't have a ton on the books. I've got a handful of news, uh, cause mostly it was a slow news week horror wise. And I got a handful of movies to talk about that are coming to streaming, but not, uh, not a ton. So this might be, um, a little bit short, but that kind of depends on you. If you got questions and comments, throw them in the chat. Uh, if you're listening to this on, uh, on the podcast, then you can't do that. You, you, you screwed up. You failed miserably. No, no, no. Thanks for listening. 
Um, thanks, Ramman, for the happy birthdays as well. Uh, and uh, I love decorating for Halloween, he says. I just want to buy and create more and more. Yeah, so here's what we've done so far. <laughs> here's our craft projects. Is we've got... Um, we, we, we've got a, a little cemetery area to one side of the house uh, that is some old, like, styrofoam headstones. Um, we're, we haven't done it yet, but she's going to get some mulch to make it look like freshly dug graves. We've also put in that area, uh, we got some chicken wire and basically used it to sculpt body shapes, you know, people's. And the idea and, and what we've seen at least is that now that they're up and they're kind of in that graveyard area at night, they kind of disappear until light hits them. And then when light hits them and it's all of a sudden you can see something there. And uh, so we've got that all put together. We've also got some kind of low blue tinted lights uh, to illuminate them. If uh, we're going to give that a shot. So that is uh, that's happening. Then we've got in both of the upstairs windows or two of the upstairs windows, I should, I should say in two of the upstairs window windows, there are rear projections. One is kind of a creepy ghost girl. The other is some zombies. Um, so that's going on. And then day of, we will also be, uh, shooting a projector at some, these heads right here on the counter, we'll have a projector aimed at them shooting the haunted mansion faces, like the singing ghost, the, uh, grinning ghost thing. So all of that is on the plate. We, I haven't taken the heads over yet. Cause that's going to be a day of thing. And, and I'm working on uh, some, uh, like, a way to get a low mist to hang out in that cemetery area. Uh, that is more challenging than it sounds, but I've got some glycerine uh, for my fog juice, and I'm, I've, I've got an idea, and I just need to see if I can make it work. So, um, at any rate, so thanks again for all the wishes. Thanks, Andrew. Uh, thanks, Dan. Um, but, yeah, so this is fun. I, like this is what I want to do today is I got to do, you know, fun Halloween craft projects with, uh, the, the woman that I care about. And then I get to come talk to you guys and you know, what, what more could I ask for? I'm living the dream. So it's been, uh, it's been great. And also if you haven't seen it, I threw it up in the, the Facebook group, uh, and you know, Facebook, nothing but a total good these days, no, nothing controversial about that. Um, in the Facebook group, there is, uh, some pictures of the birthday cake she got me, which was a coconut cake with uh Pennywise's face on it. And the, the cook, uh, threw some blood splatter on there, which turned out real good. And also put a little dye in the cake itself. So you cut into that guy and it's, uh, red inside as well. Look great. It was really great. And, and the, the woman who, uh, who did the cake, um, put it on, uh, like post it to social media as well and immediately had two or three more people wanting the same thing. So, uh, it was, it was terrific and it was delicious by the way. It still is, still is I didn't, I haven't taken that whole thing down yet. Um, that might happen tonight. I might finish that off tonight, but it has been, there have been four other people. Well, no, three other people besides myself who have taken a, a cut out of that thing. So, um, but it's, it was delicious. So that's going on. That happened today. That's been a lot of fun. Um, what other news? 
Uh, yeah, thanks, Dan. Yeah, that cake was awesome. I was it, I was blown away by it. And and let me tell you what else she got me for for my birthday, and then I'll shut up about it. Is uh, she got me a blanket that has a bunch of images of different like horror icons, like you know your Michael Myers and Freddy Kruegers and Leatherfaces and Chucky's and aliens and whatnot. And on it is uh, written, uh, Bo's Horror Movie Watching Blanket, is what it says. And I couldn't have been happier with that. That that girl is all right. So, uh, <laughs> enough enough bragging about my gifts and, uh, and my wonderful lady. Uh, but that was a lot of fun. So, let's, uh, let's do a little, like, house cleaning here. Um, so, the first Morbid Monday has dropped, along with the first episode... Uh, about psycho which again i thought that was a great conversation i hope you listened to it i hope you enjoyed it i thought it was informative uh i learned stuff about the movie psycho on that it is you know the one thing that i don't want dark parade to be is just um it was sort of a rehash of the movie and then like it was really good um so, so it, it i i really think that we and jerry is who saved me for all of that uh because he knows a lot about hitchcock he knows a lot about the psycho films and uh it was a tremendous amount of fun we're we're gonna do the psycho 2 episode that should be uh barring anything unforeseen that'll be hitting the feed on wednesday and i think that will also be a great conversation very different conversation but uh, a great one as well and um so yeah so all that's happening um also look forward to this coming week in addition to the psycho 2 episode uh that you'll be getting on wednesday you should be getting the first episode of uh heart of horror which is myself and kate pollock uh talking about after midnight and trust me you are not going to want to miss that and then uh a new bonus episode like i said this is just random shit these are not regularly scheduled things but um there is definitely going to be uh, a, a, a recurring series called Found Footage Fool, uh, me being the fool. And the first one of those is recorded. Uh, that will be dropping over the next week as well. And uh, that is my attempt to try to make sense of my strange love for found footage movies. And I have developed a set of criteria to judge the relative success of a found footage movie on. And I'm going to apply that criteria, that criteria. Well, I turned British. I'm going to apply that criteria to as many found footage films as I can. Um, so <clears throat> that's what's coming in the next week or so. Uh, so, you know, again, please be sure you are subscribed to the dark parade. Um, as best I can tell, it is now available everywhere that I've checked. So if you cannot find it on the, the podcatcher of your choice, let me know and I'll look into that. But, uh, again, I, I would ask you, uh, humbly ask you, uh, please, um, share that around, um, you know, subscribe to it, tell other people to subscribe to it, that kind of thing. Cause like I said, it's a first time in a while that I've tried to get something off the ground from, uh, you know, from nothing. And, but I'm really, I'm really proud of it. it. It gives me an outlet to do a lot of dumb shit. So that's exciting. Uh, Jason, thank you very much. Uh, you're going to be so pleased. I think, 
uh, here in a minute when we get to the news. And and I knew who it was when I saw Phoenix, so I'm learning. I can be taught. Uh, <laughs> so Derek says, this video is the winter beast of YouTube videos, if only. I don't – there is very slim chance of a chicken monster making an appearance, uh, but not entirely impossible. You know, I don't rule anything out. I'm a believer that, you know, with an infinite amount of time and an infinite number of YouTube videos – uh, that a room full of monkeys can produce a chicken monster. Um, that's a great movie. I'm glad you finally saw it. It blows my mind. Uh, you know, Duncan and I were talking about that this morning, that it kind of blew our mind that you hadn't seen that. So, Winter Beast, uh, for the win. Um, Dan says, I really enjoyed the psycho discussion. I learned a ton from you both. Thanks. I, I learned a lot from him. I am uh, I'm, I'm very, very pleased with how that discussion went. So, um, I'm looking forward to Psycho 2 a lot. Like I said, that's gonna be a lot of fun. And I know I know it's a bird. I know it's a bird. Um uh just give me a hard time now. Derek uh saying found footage, you say, yeah. Like I said, the the first one of those is recorded. I've got another one yet to record, but ready to go. And yeah, it those are gonna be very short, you know, like 15, 20 minutes maybe, but that one of the things I wanted to do with Dark Parade is give myself the flexibility to do something that was, you know, 10, 15 minutes long and isn't a two hour discussion about a movie, even though there's going to be that too. So, you know, and I should have known it from Phoenix because of, you know, the X-Men that's, I should be smarter and I'm not, that's, I, look, I've been nothing but a disappointment uh to to everyone around me for a number of years um okay so let's uh i'll tell you what let, let's head into some news and and like i said just kind of keep dropping questions and what on the chat this could be you know half an hour this could be three hours like i said it kind of depends on what you guys feel like talking about so um Let's get to, uh, let's see, what news do I want to do first? How about this? Um, there's a new streaming service on the block, and that is Kino Cult is the name of it. Uh, the good people at Kino Lorber, uh, Lorbe, Lorber, mm, not sure. Anyway, those people um have been putting out cult movies for a long long time they just started a a free with ads kind of streaming service much in the vein of a a pluto or a tubi and uh it, the reason i pointed out to you is a it's free and that's the best price uh but also it's got some weirdo movies including the uh, this guy this little satan guy here um, it's got, let's, uh, let's take a peek here at, at some of the movies being offered. Um, we've got girl walks home alone at night, dog tooth, uh, bees clawing at straws, the forbidden room, uh, let the corpses tan, which is a terrific title for a movie. Ladies and gentlemen, let's not fool ourselves um bay of blood is on there black sabbath and black sunday bunch of gene rollin films royon um a bunch of that stuff so yeah and again it's all free so if you are of the mind 
uh, to check out some Kino Lorber classics, uh, it's free to you. It's it's right there on a streaming service uh, at no additional cost, other than uh, your valuable valuable time. Um, Derek pointing out a lot of Uncle Jess uh, on there. Yep, a hundred percent. Kino Cult blue balling us Canadian Android users says Alan. Um, yeah, I, you know, you get yourself one of them VPNs is the solution to that. Those things cost like a buck a month or something. Uh, get a VPN, get yourself a U.S. address, you can watch whatever you want. It's, uh, it, you know, next cost, cost you next to nothing. Derek pointing out that everyone should watch Female Vampire on Kino Cult. Um, you know, if you want to make and or lose friends, depends on their taste but uh yeah i think it's a great idea i wish like arrows got their streaming service that i don't really watch but i subscribe to for no good reason um and you know i i need to cancel my subscription on that because i got it for a very specific reason i can't remember now and i don't ever really use it which is a bummer um i you know more 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 the problem for me um he's clutching at straws also a great title that's right <laughs> um okay so that's all i got to say about that let's move on to uh news of the week number two and that of course is the brilliant the lovely the talented mike flanagan is uh now going to do an adaptation an adaptation and adaptation of fall of the house of usher um, and I couldn't be happier, you know, like we've talked about midnight mass already. And I thought midnight mass was great. The more I think about it, the more I like it. And I know actually Robert, if, uh, if Robert is here watching Robert, kind of said that he was not as much of a fan of everybody sitting around talking about, you know, navel gazing topics like, uh, the, the death of, uh, you know, or what happens after we die and the nature of addiction and shit like that. So, yeah, uh, I get it. You know, when, uh, if, if you heard the, the conversation that I had with, uh, Jamie and Brian Sammons about midnight mass, one of my complaint, not really a complaint, but it was just like, yeah, yeah. I mean, the movie or the series definitely leans into, the uh the the monologues for sure but i'm kind of down for that i think mike flanagan is a good writer i like hearing him write clearly he likes hearing himself write also uh so i enjoyed that but to do a poe adaptation and doing fall of the house of usher i think makes a lot of sense um i think that he could do an amazing job with it and i want to see him get gothic in a way that uh, i don't think he really has before so you know, he's adapted Stephen King. He's definitely touched on some HP Lovecraft with Absentia. See what he does with Poe. I'm uh Rayman himself pointing out in Flanagan we trust. Damn right in Flanagan we trust. Guy just doesn't know how to make a bad movie. Uh so I'm very, very excited about uh a little bit of uh of Mike Flanagan and and House of Usher. Um Jason pointing out if you want to see an absolutely ridiculous monkey movie. Uh, King Kong ripoff loaded with 3D gags. You need to see Ape on Kino Cult. Um, 
I don't know if I've seen that, which is strange because I like a movie where a giant ape runs amok. I don't know if you guys know that about me, but it's true. Uh, I do like uh, movies featuring large monkeys or monkey-like creatures like a Sasquatch. I'm very excited for you guys to see that that game show I did dressed up as Sasquatch. That's going to be a good time. I think that's going to be week of Halloween is when that's going to drop. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll give Ape a look. I ain't above it. Uh, Rayman asks us, why don't we have a DBCC streaming service? Uh, you know, that kind of th uh, licensing is, is expensive. Um, that's really the big reason I would love one of the things that I enjoyed doing, like we just didn't have enough people kind of turning out for it, for me to continue it. But we were doing some cast stuff where I was able to sort of, uh, you know, do a little bit of movie programming and there is nothing more I would love to do than a like a legion podcast uh streaming movie festival and it's something i've looked into and it's kind it's kind of pricey and it's one of those things that it if i just had the money to throw at something for no good reason i would do that for just vanity um but yeah you know and it, it's just the trick of like hey you got to get the rights to to the movie that you're showing and and i would like to do it that way of like, let me, let me get a handful of movies and, and stream it like that. Um, you know, just here's the website, go to this website, you, you hit the stream button and, and there you are. Uh, one of the local movie theaters in Nashville did that recently and I thought they did a great job with it. And, uh, so I, I, I kind of have, have poked at that a little bit and it's something that's doable, but I don't know. You know, it's something I dream about more than anything, but maybe one of these days. Um, Dan saying Flanagan is here to save us all. Uh, Alan also backing that up with Dunwich Horror, please. Uh, yeah, man. Dun Dunwich Flanagan doing Dunwich Horror would be pretty good. I could get down with that in a big, bad way. So, yeah, I hope I, I don't know. You know, I was going to say he'll probably get around to that, but, you know, time is limited. And uh, I would love to to see him tackle some Lovecraft directly instead of just, you know, kind of borrowing from Lovecraft. Uh, let's see. Robert saying in the latest 31 episode, you also said that you are more agnostic while I'm still every much an atheist and had little time with religion, unlike you, Kate and the Salmons. Um, yeah, yeah. And yeah, it, that, that's something that, you know, maybe that show hit me at the right time as I am certainly thinking about religion more or not, not necessarily organized religion, but thinking about faith and, and those big questions of like, what happens when you die and stuff? And I don't know, you know, it's something that I'm, I'm exploring more. I would have said, like five years ago, I would have been where Robert is, where I said like, oh, I'm just a hundred percent an atheist and anyone who, who believes differently is, is deluding themselves. And I don't know. I don't know that I believe that anymore. Um, I'm not saying it's wrong to believe that I'm not saying atheism is not actually correct, but I don't know it, it like, this is going to sound like a strange statement, but I do believe 
that there is there is something spiritual in the world and i don't quite have my arms around what that thing is or or how it affects us or but i think there's something um rather than nothing and and even though i do think you know the whole speech that uh or monologue i should say that kate siegel has at the end of midnight mass is probably what i believe in terms of the you know the nature of life after death in that there it's not like preserving a consciousness or something that you just sort of go back to the, this pool of energy um or, or you know return to your basic components or whatever um perhaps i don't know but it's something that uh the show like i said it came along at the right time where i've been thinking about a lot of those things and the show is very much a number of looks at that thing and and so yeah i mean if you're just like all of these people are fucking deluding themselves then yeah you're you're not gonna you're not gonna wrestle with it the same way that that i have um but again i'm you know to each their own i'm certainly like i said i'm just trying to wrap my arms around the idea of something maybe as opposed to the nothing i've always believed in so i don't i don't have any answers that's for damn sure um no more room in hell is here. Is that uh, is, is is that Jerry? I don't know who who's behind the N N M R I H, because I'll forget. Uh, so Jason says I saw him mixed in with all the Flanagan stuff this week that he's adapting the comic. Someone is killing the children. My first thought was, is it Bo's birthday? And here we are, a hundred percent. When I saw a little bit of that too, and I didn't put it in the news because it there it's just kind of smoke at this point it's a little bit of well he i think that's gonna happen maybe he's just executive producing but i from the first time and and jason can back me up on this from the first time i read something is killing the children i was like somebody is gonna do this this is way too good not to adapt and it's just a question of who's gonna do it and when but yeah if mike flanagan is in fact the guy responsible for that Oh my goodness. Yeah. Is it Bo's birthday? It is. And I, and if Mike Flanagan were to give me a call and be like, Hey, we're totally doing it. And also we're going to need you as a creative consultant. That's really the best present. Um, and maybe blowjobs, you know, um, Rayman says, I'd love to see Flanagan tackle an animated adaptation of Clive Barker's the thief of always. Uh, that would be good. I would also, say um a little gdt guillermo del toro doing thief of always would be great uh i know i know for a fact that um nia da costa is a fan of that and after seeing her candy man i'd be down with seeing her try to do uh thief of always um i thought that was great um new podcast idea philosophy with Bo. you know you're gonna get a little bit of that moving forward anyway because uh one of the things that especially with dark parade and doing like little bite-sized stuff here and there uh is just the idea of like yeah i'm definitely going to talk about some shit that doesn't necessarily come up on other shows that i do and that kind of thing um and and doing the 31 days stuff has been a lot of fun because it, it's an opportunity to get kind of personal 
about my reactions to movies and my thoughts about movies and how it affects my life. Um, that sounds very narcissistic. And I guess podcasting in general is, is kind of an exercise in narcissism to one degree or another. But um, also, I think, I, you know, I hope that I have a perspective. But uh, yeah, I, I yeah, there's definitely going to be some philosophy, some philosophy mixed in with this business. Um, and let's see, I think the entire universe is connected and, and working a constant symbiotic relationship. And that's what people mistake for spirituality. Uh, yeah, I mean, mistake for or just explain as, you know, I, I don't know. I wonder if that's not semantics to some degree. Uh, again, I would point to that last monologue of of kate siegel in midnight mass the notion that i've really found myself drawn to is the line we are the cosmos dreaming of itself again and again and i think that is both comforting and kind of beautiful so um alan said my martyrs cave confirmed (laughs) yeah yeah uh i was thinking about mm, Oh, okay. So that all right, that's my great somebody somebody clearing up that the uh NMRIH podcast is uh is Mike himself. All right, excellent, Mike. Um uh, sweet, sweet water. Um let's see. Speaking of Merriman, saying Flanagan's really good, but I still have Aster Eggers above him despite their resumes being smaller at this point uh, above them. I mm, I don't necessarily disagree with that. I think that Eggers and Astor are more auteurs, um, that they are, they are more impressionistic filmmakers to some degree. I think Flanagan is definitely saying something in his work, but I also think that he is a much more mainstream kind of director and that's kind of what i like about him to uh, to a a large degree that he is not uh so esoteric as an eggers or an aster even though i don't think i disagree with you about this uh i wouldn't want to trade any of them for the other i'm glad that all of this exists it's sort of like you know do i want one of the best hamburgers i've ever had or do i want lobster tail and you decide which is which, but it's kind of, you know, it's a little surf and turf. Uh, I enjoy Dr. Sleep, uh, the director's cut of that, a, a tremendous amount. And I really, really appreciate the fact that it is a narrative, like it's a, a straightforward narrative. And I think that maybe that's Flanagan's bag is that he is much more a traditional narrative kind of director as opposed to like a Ben Wheatley. Like I think in the earth is one of the best horror movies I've seen this year. I'm trying to think of a better one right now. And maybe there's not a better one, but in the earth is terrific, but it's also not a movie I can recommend to everybody because it's tremendously, uh, subjective in it, in its narrative. So it's terrific though. Uh, I, yeah, I don't, I, I, I don't disagree with you at all. Um, Derek saying lamb is the lamb chops play along prequel we need in this world. I'm really looking forward to lamb. I haven't obviously haven't seen it yet, uh, but I'm looking forward to it. It's an a 24 joint and I like a 24 joints as, as a rule. Um, that's on my short list. I haven't seen Jacob's wife yet, which 
is probably going to happen tonight. I haven't seen Titan yet, which is probably going to happen tomorrow night or Tuesday night, one of the two. Um, so yeah, I've got a week ahead of me of, of watching some stuff that I'm very excited about. Uh, yeah. And, um, Mike say, when I say mistake for, I mean, when people say something bigger than themselves to me, that's the universe and it's inner workings, not a mythical being. Yeah. I, I agree with that. Like, I don't necessarily believe in a consciousness directing everything that kind of clockmaker idea. Uh, but I don't know. I think there is a way to be sort of resonant with the, the natural vibration of things that you can be sort of content and at peace with the way that the world works. And I don't mean political systems and shit like that. I mean, the rhythms of life. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's a, you know, it is the big question, right? And, and whether or not you agree with Flanagan and his perspective on it, one of the things I respected most about midnight mass was that it dared to ask and answer those questions. And so I, I really admire that. And even though it's not doing it in as flashy a way as as Astor or Eggers, it's still it's still a bold move and it's still head and shoulders above most of the horror cinema that you see made today. Most cinema, not just horror cinema, um, just most cinema. Um, you know, like I love Marvel movies, but Marvel movies are junk food, you know? Uh Mike Flanagan he he makes you a steak you know maybe that's the right analogy mike flanagan is a big ass ribeye with a baked potato um it is very traditional but when you get it right man there ain't nothing better so <laughs> um jason saying there uh, there was a very similar line on babylon 5 that we're the universe made manifest trying to figure itself out yeah it's a similar idea uh certainly a similar idea and i think that you know, Bill Hicks also uh, had that same kind of philosophy, which is that we are we are the universe experiencing itself subjectively. And I, I think there is something to that as well. So, um, again, I love that we have gotten philosophical on this edition. I'm so happy. Thank you guys so much. Uh, this is <laughs> I love like I was a philosophy minor. So if you want to talk about epistemology, let's let's do it. Let's get down. Um, Rayman saying Astor Peel, Flanagan, Eggers are all masters of horror, but for different reasons. Yeah, hundred percent. Totally agree with that. Uh Andrew saying, You like me lobster, Bo. I do like your lobster. Um <laughs> uh Mike saying Peel might be the happy medium. He has a lot to say and he writes personal stories, but manages to present them in a mainstream, palatable way. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think us is maybe the less successful version of that because i think that that presents as very traditional and then gets more esoteric as the movie goes on and to the point that i like i started finding myself trying to figure out the logic of the movie and and i shouldn't have and that's probably my fault but i i don't disagree i think jordan peele's a, a brilliant filmmaker and uh while i prefer get out to us um, I can't wait to see Nope. I can't wait to see what he does next. He's a he's a brilliant guy. Um, Derek saying Peel's new movie is hopefully a killer cloud movie. I want it to be. I mm, I don't know. I don't know. I think I I kind of hope based on the trailer. 
I or not trailer, but on the poster, I kind of hope it's almost his version of something wicked this way comes with that kind of flutter of circus uh, tape, you know, the the uh, the fluttering uh, kind of tape that you see at car dealerships and whatnot. That would be terrific. Um, and Alan says, I've described Mike Flanagan as a gastropub filmmaker. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. Of like, hey, let's make this thing that you are familiar with, but I'm going to give it to you in a way that is better or unusual or more satisfying than you've had it before. Dan saying the title Nope alone is enough for me to buy a ticket to the movie Nope. That is a yep from me. That's a yeah for me, dog. Um, yeah, I, the the audacity of just I'm gonna call my movie Nope. It's oh, it's so good. Uh, Andrew saying uh, so it's Jordan Peele's The Happening. Don't bite your tongue. Bite your tongue. How dare you? Mike also saying I for one say yep to Nope. Um, we ought to get shirts made up. Everyone, all of the dark parade people will get you know say yep to Nope. Um, I like it. Well, I'll, if only I knew the guy who ran merchandise for Legion podcasts, maybe we'll, we'll get one of those, uh, and, and just bootleg some shirts. Uh, okay. Let's move on to our last news story. Like I said, I don't have a ton of news stories. Don't have a, a ton of movies, but you guys have already, uh, turned this into uh, a longer conversation than I expected. So God bless you all for your good work. Uh, and thanks again for being here. I'm genuinely, I have so much fun doing these and, and, uh, you guys are great for being here. So, um, the last story, guess, uh, what remake found their lead actor. Uh, that's right. Hellraiser. Uh, there is a new pinhead and, uh, it is going to be played by Jamie Clayton, uh, who is, uh, an actor I had not heard of. She is the star of uh, a recent L Word series on Showtime. She's been in the the show Hung. She's uh, did a show called Transformation. She's a transgendered actress. And um, anyway, the look. I th I think we all know where this is headed. Uh, this news was announced. And then uh, a lot of people were like, that sounds great. And then a handful of people on the internet said, well, that don't sound like my pinhead, consarnate, they said. Uh, because a lot of the a lot of times the internet says consarnate. Um, so here's the thing. Uh, I don't have a hot take about this. I think it sounds like a great pick. I think one of the interesting things about the Hellbound Heart, the story that hellraiser is based on is that the cenobites were by nature sort of ambiguously sexual and that's not to say jamie clayton is ambiguously sexual uh and jamie clayton is very much a, you know it, it, she is a woman she has come out as a woman that's how she lives uh and so you know whatever god bless her uh i again i haven't seen her work i i hope she's a good actress that's all i care about but the, the idea that a an actress and or a transgender actress should not play pinhead is one of the dumbest things I have seen the internet get twisted around the axle about in a while. 
because it seems so fitting. You know, like I don't know anything about Jamie Clayton's sexuality. I have not researched that deeply in into her life. Uh, I don't know if she's even that out uh, upfront about it. But let's be real about Clive Barker, one of the queerest of uh, of horror's icons, and has always explored like weird sexuality. Like there is a a story he did forever ago. Um called uh the madonna pool i i want to say that was all about kind of transgender issues you know and the horror of a man being kind of thrown into a situation where he finds himself suddenly a woman and you know so like the idea that you're going to approach a transgender actor uh, and I'm using a- actor as a gender neutral term. That is not to suggest that Jamie Clayton is in any way masculine. Um, the the fact that a transgender actor is playing a character in a Clive Barker work seems like the most natural fit in the world. Uh, I also didn't see Sensate, that Wachowski uh, project that that she was in. So... Um, yeah, I thought it was, uh, I, I, I thought it was a terrific idea. And again, I don't think it's stunt casting. I don't think you're doing it just to do it, but I think that Jamie Clayton as a transgender woman can bring a, a certain, uh, like a, a different ideology to that character. Um, and, and I'm all, all, like I said, couldn't be more for it. I'm very excited to see. I, I, I hope that's not the most interesting thing about this remake. But I think it's an interesting idea and an interesting way to go with the character. So uh, I think in Hellbound Heart, somebody can correct me on this one, but I think even in the description of the the Hell Priest, somebody pointed out, Barker, Andrew, pointed out that Andrew, uh, or Andrew pointed out that Clive Barker has always kind of bristled at the name Pinhead and, and gone more with Hell Priest. And... Um, yeah, so I, I think in Hellbound Heart, that character presents as either androgynous or female, but it also it kind of doesn't matter because like sexuality in hell is whatever you want it to be. So anyway, I think it's a great idea. I'm very excited. Like this has me interested, uh, in the Hellraiser sequel or se- not sequel, but reboot in a way that maybe I wasn't before where it was like, Oh, well that's interesting. I'm glad that they didn't just try to get whatever the closest thing to a Doug Bradley is today. Uh, Doug Jones, maybe, I don't know. Um, Bradley Whitaker, Bradley Whitaker. I don't think that's a person. Uh, who's the, the one from, uh, uh, that Chris Christopherson movie. Wow. Uh, a star is born. What's that guy's name? Bradley something. Uh, Bradley Whitford, I think is, uh, Josh from West wing. I, he would also be quite good anyway. Uh, Dan pointing out, there was a lot of online hate, uh, for this casting, you know, that's all right. So this is kind of what I want to get into as, as not just because I find this to be an interesting bit of casting. Let me, uh, take a drink of water. So I'm prepared to go off on this fucking rant. Here's the thing that I was saying just earlier today. 
this is some gatekeeping bullshit that I have no time for in the horror community. And this happens when a movie is announced or, or like some established property could be a reboot or a remake of a, an existing film could be an adaptation of a horror novel could be an adaptation of a comic, whatever it is. Uh, could be a horror version of the night the lights went out in Georgia. Doesn't matter. There is some asshole that's going to be sitting out there on the internet that is going to get really wrapped up in, well, that's not what I had in mind. And it's like, well, you're not making the movie. You know, if you got a few million dollars and want to bankroll this project, you get to say anything you want about it. You can also say, hey, that doesn't sound like what I want to see. That's fine. When As long as you keep it the, the locus on you, the frame of reference is you like, oh, that doesn't sound like something I would be interested in, as opposed to that's not Pinhead. That's not Pinhead to me, totally valid. That's not Pinhead, that's gatekeeping bullshit. And you should allow filmmakers to do whatever they want to do with a property. It may not be your thing. Like, I don't give a shit about that new Halloween movie. I know a lot of people like it. I don't go around trashing it because it is my bag. I don't, I, I know everyone was, was excited about Jamie Lee Curtis coming back and it's a, a different take on the material and all that stuff, uh, or sort of a return to old form and, the, and that kind of thing. I just didn't care for it much. That's fine. I, should they continue to make Halloween kills and Halloween dies or whatever it is? Uh, the, the third sequel or the next sequel. Yeah, absolutely. They should be able to make whatever they want. And we get, that's the, the glory of being a, a consumer of entertainment. We get to pick and choose. You know what? I can still go back and watch Halloween. You know, what's still a great movie. Halloween. You know, I, it doesn't diminish anything. If you like the original Hellraiser, you can still go back and enjoy the original Hellraiser. That is always going to be there for you and probably released in a 4K version with bells and whistles pretty soon. Uh, so, you know, you've got that in your back pocket. And if you want to, like, spend your days trying to suck the energy and, and joy out of somebody that likes something, then you're just an asshole, that's that's where I land on it. Again, if you want to have a if you want to critique something and say here is my take on this uh as far as what I my interpretation of this material and and that's more I'm talking more like reviewing. This is something that also got sent to me recently. I'll get to chat in a minute. Um <laughs> I know you guys have been talking so I I'm almost done, I swear. Um there was uh it was, was it Alan who sent this to me? I think, uh, that was the articles about, um, how there is a dying art to the hatchet job. I think that was the, the name of the article and also a similar one about how the food critic in Ratatouille is secretly one of the heroes of that film that a critic saying, I don't think this is a good movie or I don't think this project is good, that that is not a personal attack on the people who enjoy that thing. That is somebody with a, a particular perspective saying, here is my experience. Like one of the things I hope I wish is that when you and I, you guys and I 
talk about movies, you understand that I have kind of a perspective on movies. You, there's shit I like. There, If you put a giant bear killing somebody in a movie, the movie might be kind of garbage, but I'm probably going to like it a little bit more than most people because that's a thing that appeals to me. And when I say, hey, there's a movie called Grizzly 3, The Abomination, and it was fucking rad, you would know, well, he does like those killer bear movies, and it may not be for me. That is kind of the relationship between critic and and the audience of of that critique right and and there are some people you know doug and i were talking about this today most of the time when jamie sammons tells me that i'm gonna like a movie she's right um not so much all the time you know not not that nightmare sequel well, well you know we talked about that but anyway that kind of like personalization where you identify with a brand or a series of movies or whatever so intensely that you cannot allow someone else to disagree with that. That is, that's on you, brother. Like that is a thing that you just got to get over because you live in a world with other people and other people have different experiences and other tastes. And sometimes those tastes are going to align. Sometimes they won't like Mike saying, Hey, and Robert saying, uh, are more Robert than Mike. I'm kind of lumping both of you into this conversation about Midnight Mass. But, you know, Robert saying like, eh, you know, Midnight Mass didn't hit me the way that it hit you guys. Doesn't change my opinion of Midnight Mass. Uh, I respect Robert for having a different opinion, quite frankly, for not being the kind of person that's just like, whatever you say, guys. You know, like he's thinking critically about the thing he's watching. And just because our opinions differ doesn't mean that we don't align on other things on most things like Robert and I have very similar tastes when it comes to a lot of Asian movies and stuff like that. So you, just being able to say, yeah, okay, we disagree about this thing. It's one of the bigger problems with this country is just not being able to say, oh, we disagree about that. But I also genuinely like you that it, like, just don't make particularly an entertainment property, a thing that a corporation is selling to you. Don't make that the thing that you're going to get a so on a soapbox about and lose friendships over and be shitty on the internet about and all that stuff. And, uh, I think maybe that is the end of the rant. Uh, let me check with chat. So, uh, whew, done. Um, and all right, so uh, Rayman saying, I, re I read the Hellbound Heart every other year, and I'm so tired of having to explain to people what these Cenobites were originally presented as. Yeah, but that's like, you're right, but the argument isn't here's the here is how they're fucking up the adaptation of the story. The argument that these people who have a problem with Jamie Clayton being cast, I there's a little bit of transphobia, probably. That's fine. Um, I, I would be remiss if I, if I did not at least raise the name Cindy Sin Fallon as someone uh, who was, you know, at least adjacent to the Legion Podcast Network for a long time. Um, she was transgendered and ended up um, ended up dying as a result of the depression and the uh, just how shitty life is for transgendered women most of the time. Uh, and, and, and ended up dying as a result of that. And so anytime that I get a whiff of transphobia, I get a little pissed off about it. Um, so yeah, that, that's part of the rant, but yeah, you're right, Ram man. Uh, this is people complaining about this ain't my movie. Uh, 
the, like the the Doug Bradley movie from you know was it eighty five? Is that when the original Hellraiser was released? So yeah, yeah, right. It's not the movie that you liked thirty six years ago. This is going to be a different thing. And it, and if somebody can't come along every couple of generations and try a new thing, like we wouldn't have the thing because you know like oh where's my vegetable monster you know that's that's the kind of shit that that sounds like to me uh anyway uh andrew says people are just so used to doug bradley as the character they would hate it no matter who they cast i there's an element of that to be sure uh i don't think it's necessarily that it's jamie clayton i think that it's anybody else but i i think that it's the fact that it's a transgender actress is not i i think it's inflaming it a little bit because some of the the arguments i've heard is like i'm so sick and tired of this woke casting and it's like it's like jamie clayton's been performing in television and movies for a while now so it's not like they just you know pulled somebody off the street this is uh you know an actor who's worked hard to be where she is so anyway yeah but you're right there is an element of that to be sure uh also abraham ram saying i honestly think doug bradley doesn't want to be pinhead anymore unless it's for uh the scarlet gospels yeah doug bradley's an old man you know like why sit in the makeup chair that long and and he's done his time he's done his time in hell uh as the old saying goes uh mike says i hope i just hope the hellraiser story goes back to being about the scumbag people themselves and the cenobites are supporting characters not main focus yeah that's when they're best right like though they are the consequence of the actions of the main characters and uh i i i hope i hope you're right i think you're right um i we'll see derek saying i trust david bruckner with this new hellraiser absolutely like i anybody that wants to take a, a swing at this material i think it's been long enough that you have every right to do it um so much of Barker, Alan says, is transforming into your true self. This is a can of corn, as they say. Uh, yeah, yeah. Barker is very much a, an author who is into, you know, um, sort of, right. Because for a long time, I don't know that he was outed. Uh, I don't know if, if, you know, again, this is early 80s when because of the Reagan years, of there was nothing easy about being gay in america not like it's a cakewalk now but um yeah so i think clive barker the idea of being of having this identity that you have to hide from others and and this desire to be to unleash this part of yourself uh i don't think any of that is surprising in his work uh derek saying the cinnabites are never the main focus eh hell hellraiser 2 and hellraiser 3 is mostly about the cenobites even if you don't see them all the time it is very much a movie about like hellraiser 2 is sort of let's find the home of the cenobites we get we get to see how cenobites are made in that one i love hellbound hellraiser 2 but i would say that that's more i think they understood kind of what they had with uh with that one in fact the movie poster is just the cenobites like the first one is pinhead with the box sure but in hellbound they they definitely put the, them front and center i think and uh hell on earth also maybe less so but there's still a whole lot of uh 
Pinhead and Cenobite tomfoolery in that one. Dan says, I think it'll be a fresh take and would be less interested if it was Doug uh, playing Hell Priest Pinhead again, especially after some of the last few sequels. I agree. I, I, a, a fresh actor and director and all that stuff. And a first of all, it'll be nice to see a movie that the script was intended to be a Hellraiser movie and not just some other horror movie that they decided like, hey, what if we put Cenobites in this? Um, so, yeah, I'm. Like I'm looking forward to it. I think I think it's an exciting idea, not just because of the casting. I just think it's an exciting idea to do something new and different uh, with uh, w- with Hellraiser. Um, let's see. Da, da, da. Derek says could be a Batman casting. Uh, no, wait, 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 wait. I, I went too far. Uh, Derek says Butterball is actually the lead Cenobite in Hellbound Heart. Uh, kind yeah, that's right. If memory serves, been a while. But yeah, I need to go back and read that. I've been, uh, thanks to whoever was, uh, sorry, because my memory fades and uh, I get confused. But uh, somebody pointed out after the um, Amityville Horror 31 Days of Halloween that the book was of, uh, of Amityville Horror was available on uh, Audible for free. And so I, I've been listening to that again. Uh, but I may go back to Hellbound Heart after this discussion that may be the next thing um forrest whitaker is pinhead that would be interesting damn right ram man uh the the best part of that would be him like walking down a street in pinhead regalia and meeting rizza and uh you know power and equality pinhead always see everything my brother Ugh, Ghost Dog, one of the best movies ever made. Jason says the the Cenobites were so transgressive and bold and new at the time, and just a few years ago, bringing in a transgender actor for the role would have been just as bold and very Clive Barker. Yeah, I still think that, I don't know that we're that far along where it doesn't feel a little transgressive, uh, certainly less so than it would before, you know, Elliot Page and uh, a lot of very famous uh transgender performers uh kind of coming out um maybe less so because of rupaul's drag race and the boulet brothers and i know that's a different thing that's you know drag and and not transgender uh performers but you know it's that kind of thing it's it's uh blurring the lines of gender and sexuality and it's a thing that continues uh forward despite how how much others in this culture might not think that uh that is uh, a great idea on on the right uh one might say but you know it's happening whether you want it to or not culture moves on no matter how you try to legislate as it happens uh dan says bradley cooper equals sexy pinhead damn right that's who i was trying to think of and you're right that is one sexy ass pinhead um uh rayman says so you're saying we can't go around trashing chris carter anymore i'm not saying you can't trash chris carter i'm saying you have to qualify it you have to say i think chris carter is washed up you just can't say chris carter is washed up um especially going into you know what's the expression like don't yuck someone else's yum like i wouldn't go into an x-files support group or a fan group or a fan page and be like, Chris Carter sucks. 
I will say my experience with Chris Carter in the later years of his attempts to do X-Files storylines has been very disappointing and it made me angry. And I probably said some things that I should take back, but I'm not gonna. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, Andrew saying the worst take is when people say they're going social justice with it. These people don't understand who Clive Barker is or his art. That I That's what I agree with. I, I think that um, to try to say that this is somehow a woke version of Pinhead or something you just don't know who the who the hell Clive Barker is. Like, Clive Barker is one of... Like I said, he's one of the queerest writers that's ever touched horror fiction. Um, and, you know, God bless him for it. Like, the, the thing that makes horror great is that horror is personal. And while I may not respond to everything that Clive Barker lays down... Um, he's an interesting voice in horror and has been incredibly influential in horror. So yeah, like give the guys due and let, let him do whatever the fuck he wants. I think he's a writer or an executive producer or some business on this. So yeah, let Clive Barker be Clive Barker. If he wants, if, if they cast a transgender actor in the, in this role and your first reaction is that sounds like social justice shit. Then again, I, you're, you are looking at the world through a very different prism and are kind of looking for trouble. Quite frankly, you're looking for a fight with that attitude. Uh, Dan saying it's an epic, epic birthday rant. Uh, thank you. Uh, yeah, that, this is one of those things that pisses me off. Uh, Alan says, say what you will about Gene Siskel, but I love his mantra of not changing a movie for what it's not. Yeah. I have that problem sometimes that that is a fault of mine. I will admit uh, there are times when I'm watching a movie where I'm like, it would be so much better if it was this instead of that. But I also think you can equate that to this movie is not satisfying me in its narrative. And I'm just trying to write some fan fiction to make it better. Um, but yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Um, uh, Derek saying, um, I want Christopher Lambert in a killer bear movie. Oh, that would be the best. I am 100% there for that. Uh, we are going after this grizzly. <laughs> that would be great. Uh, Mike saying Nightmare sequel, you mean the remake? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. The the uh, That god-awful Elm Street remake. Um, yeah, yeah. D look, do I understand and appreciate that people like that movie? Sure. Is it for me? No. I thought that movie was garbage. Um, I... Yeah, I was going to say, well, there are parts of it. I'm like, nah, I like I, what I like about it is I think the the performance of Freddy is pretty good. Uh, I think everything else about it is disappointing to terrible. Um, Alan saying rest in peace, Cindy Sin Fallon. Damn right. Uh, it, it is a shame that uh, that was that was her end. But, you know, um, hopefully it, it, it certainly it certainly woke me up to a lot of things. And I, I'm not saying that it was worth it on that account. Certainly wasn't. I, I would trade all of my perspective uh, for her to to be with us again. But, um, you know, it's one of those things like when it hits close to home like that, it changes your perspective and you lose you lose a lot of tolerance for people who are intolerant. If that makes sense. Um, 
Abraham Ram saying, whenever I think of tasteful arguments, I think of you and Duncan discussing Avengers Endgame. You both made solid points and didn't belittle each other. Yeah, Duncan and I both understand that, you know, we have our, our, our tastes and we have our perspectives. And, um, yeah, you, like, make it about how you felt about the experience of watching the thing and not the other person and you're fine. You know, like I'm not going after anybody. Like when I tease Jamie about liking the nightmare remake, it's just cause I like teasing Jamie. It's not because I really want to make her feel bad about it. Um, I mean, she ought to feel bad about it, but that's not the goal. So, <laughs> Hey, Naomi saying happy birthday. Uh, so, uh, Hey, uh, thanks for, for thanking me for the, uh, the podcast and I hope you enjoy it. Uh, I, I, it's, it's been a blast and, uh, sorry you had to listen to me rant so much. Um, but thank you very much. Thanks for being here. Derek saying Bradley Cooper was in midnight me train. Yeah, right. He did. He did. He did do some Clive Barker. I think that movie is kind of fun. But I think that CGI doesn't hold up real well, and that kind of bothers me. Uh, I should go back and watch that again, because I remember kind of liking it, but not, you know, completely. Alan saying, that's not my thing. Right. That's that's all you got to say. That's not my thing. Uh, Abraham saying, if gatekeepers were as prominent back then, we would have probably never had Christopher Lee as Dracula, because they complained about it being a remake of the universal films right what where is his hungarian accent where's his widow's peak you know that kind of shit um yeah right uh jason says it won't quote it won't live up to doug's iconic performance with that attitude nothing will i'm glad they're so clearly not even trying and going their own way yeah like if, if somebody said like how i feel about ghostbusters afterlife <laughs> where i saw the trailer and i was like that ain't for me you know, I'm not going to tell anybody not to go and enjoy that, but that ain't the Ghostbusters movie I want to see. I'm not looking for a kid's romp, and that's what that movie looks like to me, and that's that's not what I enjoy about Ghostbusters. But I can go back and watch Ghostbusters, and whoever wants to go watch Ghostbusters Afterlife and enjoy it, God bless. Uh, if somebody comes to me and is like, no, 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 it really is somehow they've captured lightning in a bottle yet again and it's as good as the original ghostbusters ah, eh, give it a shot i ain't above it but based on the trailer or the couple of trailers i've seen from that i'm like eh, eh not for me that's all just ain't for me um dan says a similar thing happened recently along with the two new he-man reboots and the online community were tearing each other apart over it yeah i i'm not a he-man guy but i i saw that uh the kevin smith one got a little bit of flack and that kind of thing yeah it's just you know the it's this ain't your daddy's he-man and it, it's kind of like well that's right like there's you can't go home again as tom wolf said um you know if you want to enjoy the thing that you enjoy you can you can watch the original he-man cartoons these days they're i assume that you can get access to that um, and so fine, enjoy the thing you like. The fact that when they remake it, they're not doing a shot for shot Gus Van Sant remake of it. Like how on earth could they, and why would they do that? Uh, so yeah, if it ain't for you, it ain't for you, but don't, you know, don't give somebody a hard time because they want to see somebody try something different. Uh, Dan saying he agrees with me. That's how you know he's smart. Um, you can always go back to the original if you don't like the new version, but let people enjoy the, their stuff. Yeah. 
whether you like it or not, as much as we moan about remakes and reboots, it all helps keep the original movie show franchise alive. A hundred percent. Totally. Like if it gets somebody to go back and watch the original Hellraiser, great. Let them enjoy that for the first time. And if the reboot comes out and they're like, well, this ain't as good as the original Hellraiser, that may very well be my opinion too, but I ain't going to give them a hard time about making it. Try to make it better. Like with that wrong turn sequel, I, I don't think it's great, but it did different stuff. And I like I like the fact that it tried something different. I'm glad that it wasn't just, hey, this is wrong turn with different actors. You know? Um I don't need it to be a summer uh like a summer Shakespeare festival where it's still twelfth night every time and you just, you know, set it in funky town or change the actors or it's all gender swapped or whatever like that's fine but it's not as interesting as doing something unique with the property um mike saying the key is resisting turning hellraiser into a slasher movie the way the franchise did yeah i agree i agree with you i think the idea of it being like i said it's a consequence the cinebites are the consequence of crossing a line of of daring it, you know it's sort of the old man scientist thing of you know you can't if you dare to tread too too far into uh the dark territories um then you're gonna get your your chain yanked you know like you know it, it, the cenobites say it themselves you called we came and are you up in the box and we came and that's how it works like if you're if you're the kind of person that's gonna go to some you know, far Eastern location and get, uh, uh, the lament configuration from some weirdo in a stall, then it all because that you've just, you're, you're so tired of drugs and fucking and all that stuff that you have to experience something new. Well, the something new may not be what you want. And that's what makes Hellraiser interesting. Um, yeah, I, yes, we're all right here. We're all, we're all in the right space. Um, Mike also saying it's like people saying the new Candyman isn't good because it's too woke. And say, did you watch the original or read the novel it's based on? Yeah, that that was a complaint that I was like, I don't know where this comes from. I did a review of that and said the same thing where I was like, it, it's the whole movie is predicated on the idea that a black man is murdered by a bunch of white people because he dared to fall in love with and impregnate a white woman. And if you don't think that there is race politics at work in that movie, then you're just not paying attention to the movie. A lot of there's a lot of race politics, a lot of race and social politics in that movie. Um, it's it's a very not buried, but it, it's all largely subtext. But also you have characters just outright saying like, oh, yeah, we walled off this community by the trains and basically saying, as long as we don't have to look at these people, they can live however they want, and we're not going to send police and all that stuff. Yeah, that's a very, you know, like if that movie were released today, people would complain about it being too woke. Um, Jason saying, I could go off on a rant about comic fans, in quotes, and their rage against social justice, but that's a topic for another day. Yeah, that's the same shit. Of like, you know, you you do know that Captain America punched Hitler in the face, right? Um, Naomi, uh, saying Christopher Lambert, <laughs> uh, we need to bring, we need to do a Christopher Lambert voice on Duncan and Boke. I'm correct. I've, we haven't found the right character yet. I don't think, um, Abraham said, I totally imagine Bo watching a and thinking this doesn't have nearly enough bears. Um, you're not wrong. 
I could go for more bears and hereditary. Like hereditary is fantastic, but more bears. I mean, is that ever a bad thing? I don't think so. Uh, Mike saying art as a whole has always been woke for its specific time periods. It's often a reflection of life during the time it is created. Yeah. Well, you have, you're right. Like if you want to look at painting as an example, you have people who do landscapes and you have Picasso and the Picassos of the world are going to push boundaries. And some people are going to be willing to do, uh, you know, more pedestrian stuff. So, and that's fine. There's room for both. Like, there is room in this world for the movie The Jungle Cruise and Candyman. Um, you know, both of those came out this year, both wildly different movies. One of them I saw, the other one I didn't. And that's just because I'm the person I am and broken on the inside. And I just don't care that much about Jungle Cruise, you know? Uh, I've, although I did watch Muppet Haunted Mansion, quick review of that, eh, it was fine. I wish, I wish it had been better, but also, this is an old man, uh, this is a super old man complaint. But my biggest problem with the Muppet Haunted Mansion is that uh, just the Muppets don't sound sound right to me. It, it's because I grew up with Jim Henson and those Muppets. So when I watched Muppet Haunted Mansion, there were some jokes that made me laugh. I still am, you know, an, <laughs> my, my dear lady friend will be the first to tell you that I'm essentially an eight-year-old at heart. And, uh, yeah, so that's true. And... Uh, so when I watched Muppet Haunted Mansion, I did so eating a piece of birthday cake with a big grin on my face, laughed a couple of times at the end of it, it you know, it wasn't totally for me, but I would definitely, I, I would kind of recommend it. It's fun. There, there are a couple of really good jokes in it and I like a good Muppet joke. Um, uh, Naomi is too shy to ask you about Kate's new show. Uh, yeah. So heart of horror, uh, like I said, that'll be released sometime this week on the dark parade feed. At least hopefully, uh, we're talking about where Kate is going to release it as well. We were kind of hoping to do a little bit of, you know, cross pollination with that, but, uh, yeah, that'll be released sometime this week. And it is the two of us talking about the movie after midnight and, uh, eventually we'll do another episode. Like it's not going to be a regular schedule. But uh, it's us talking about the movie After Midnight and also talking about um, just relationships and sometimes bad relationships and stuff like that. It's a great time. You're really going to like it. I, I guarantee you, you are going to enjoy that show. And and I say that knowing I'm in it. And that part you can mute. But listening to Kate tell stories about her dating life, there is no bullshit. There is a story she tells about incest, not not her, obviously, but sort of attempted incest by somebody that she dated. That is one of the best things I've ever heard. You're going to love it. Derek saying, I need the ghost dog sequel where ghost dog fights Lambert. Um, yeah, like, look, I just want Jim Jarmusch to do a ghost dog, another ghost dog film. Do it as a prequel. Do it as a, a sequel where he didn't actually die. Whatever you got to do. Just do another one. Um, Jason saying, Chris in a werebear movie, The Lamb Bear. <laughs> oh no, my claws are getting so big and I have a desire for honey. <laughs> that would be amazing. Um, Christopher Lamb Bear is pretty good. Uh, Dan saying, people seem to think that the term woke is a bad thing too. To be woke just means more inclusive. Yeah, you know, it's... Uh, 
there there it has become a pejorative in the way that calling somebody a liberal uh was at one time i don't maybe that's still the case but eh. yeah it's just it, it, there are cultural differences and like i said the big problem isn't so much being called woke i don't mind being called woke it's the idea that if somebody calls you woke i guarantee you they're probably not going to be as thrilled with the idea of being called regressive or uh or close-minded or racist you know like it, that's a real one-way street for most people like they're the ones who are broken and i'm fine and that i don't mean to both sides this issue but it is kind of a both sides problem where calling somebody like saying oh well only rednecks call people woke or whatever like as soon as you start labeling other people um until they prove you wrong until they prove you wrong if somebody is very clearly uh a redneck idiot yeah that's fine you can call them that but just don't jump to that conclusion at first um alan saying hereditary now we're talking now we get the ari aster universe where we've got uh hereditary <laughs> which i love i love this a lot and then uh midsummer you you could change that and uh yeah i like all of this this is great um if a bear sawed its own head off in hereditary it would be amazing you're right if i'll tell you what you replace the entire cast of hereditary with cgi bears that movie goes from a 10 to an 11 um that would be amazing i would love that uh dan rightly pointing out alan's a genius for hereditary Mike saying, I like dumb horror and I like elevated horror. I think it's dumb to criticize either for what they are. If your preference is one type over the other, that's fine. Yeah, man, I, I'm the same way. Like, I love a great, juicy, you know, issues-oriented horror movie. But I also like my found footage shit, you know. And some of that is garbage. But I like it. It's the garbage I like. Like, I would rather watch, you know... <laughs> Uh, uh, I'm trying to think of a, a good quality garbage uh, found footage movie. Like Evidence is a good example of that. Evidence, not a great movie as, as a whole, but it's got the kind of found footage nonsense that appeals to me. And so I'd rather watch that than Jungle Cruise. And I don't mean to keep you know, bashing on Jungle Cruise. I'm just using that as an example of like, here's a big budget Disney tentpole movie that is going to make a billion dollars at the box office. I just don't care anything about it. Um, da, 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 da. Mike saying woke has just become a catch all term for believes different than I do. Yeah. Dan, Dan's agreeing with that. I agree. Mike says what's worse than criticism. What's worse uh, than criticism of modern movies being too woke are the ones who try to deny older stuff was full of commentary too, as if their inability to see past surface means it doesn't exist. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, somebody saying that Dawn of the Dead is a great zombie movie, you know, thank God that they didn't put any uh, political shit in it. And, you know, it's some people want to see what they want to see and that there's a, a hint of narcissism in that where you want you want your world world view reflected back at you to some degree. You want to be a lot of people especially want to be told that they're right for thinking that the the things that they do and i'm kind of i'm not saying i'm totally different because there are times that yeah i like i if i feel a certain way about a movie i'm always excited when somebody i respect 
tells me that they feel the same way. But also, I like to be challenged a little bit. You know, I like a movie that isn't totally what I expect and is a little bit different or or just a, a point of view. You know, like I, you know, today's date, it will remind me that I don't have a whole lot of years left. And in those years, I really want to be challenged. I want to learn as much as I can so that when I'm leaving this mortal coil, I can do so thinking I at least gave everybody a day in court. You know, that I tried, I tried to treat everybody I could with kindness and that I tried to understand their perspective. And, and I think if everybody did a little bit of that, eh, the world would probably be a better place. Um, Abraham saying, what if the demons from Hereditary and Midsummer were unleashed on the world and the only one who could stop them is a grizzly? All right, let me, let me, let me give you, look, there, nobody brings uh, an umbrella to a brainstorm. I like where this is headed. What if that uh, that was the setup, but Grizzly had to join forces with Andrew Prine in his bazooka to make kind of an uneasy ally sort of thing where, you know, Andrew Prine's like, now we got to go get them demons, bear. You going to be cool? You know, like, you know, maybe the Grizzly's going to come at him. He's, All right, I'm keeping an eye on you, bear. You know, me and my, me and my bazooka, I got a hair trigger, you know? And if you decide that you want to take a chunk out of me, brother, I'm just going to have to take a chunk out of you with this here bazooka. That would be maybe the best movie I've ever seen. If, if you somehow, I'll tell you what, the hereditary admits everything. I'll, let's go a different direction. It's evil dead only with Andrew Prine and Grizzly fighting the deadites. Best movie ever? Probably. Probably. Derek says, I'll watch Rebirth of Mothra, even though they make Mothra a male in that. I'm not complaining. Yeah, right? <laughs> you know? I I don't know. I kind of have my problems with that. One of the things I like most about Mothra movies is that she just doesn't want to get out of bed, and I respect that. Uh, Mike saying Jungle Cruise was big, dumb fun, a movie I had never have seen had I not had kids. Right. Yeah, I'm not saying that it's a bad movie. I'm saying me as an adult person with no kids, why on earth would I see it? Like at some point, uh, maybe I'll catch it on HBO or something, probably have a fine time with it. I'm just, I'm using that as an unfortunate example here of the movie I can point to. That's like, this is the movie that is kind of built to please the most people. And you know, your Marvel movies, Jungle Cruise, any, basically anything Disney puts out at this point is meant to get as many eyes on it as possible. And that's fine. And, and most people are going to enjoy that. And I'll enjoy some of that too. But you know, at the end of the day, I would rather see Titan as a new movie. Like probably the crossover for me is Dune. Because I, I know that's a big budget spectacle movie, but it's also Dennis Villeneuve and it's also Dune and I can't wait to see it. Um, Alan says, I don't get how fans of a genre based on imagination can appeal to, uh, is it hegemony? Is that the correct pronunciation? I always see that written and I don't say it a lot. I think it's hegemony. Hegemony? Hegemony. All right. I think it's hegemony. <clears throat> Derek says Andrew Prine is still alive too, so that could happen. Look, man, we've got the CGI. We can put Peter Cushing in them Star Wars movies. We can put Andrew Prine in a movie where he and a bear fight the Deadites. Uh, Mike saying summer popcorn movies. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Just a summer popcorn movie. Um, 
I enjoy plenty of those, but you know, given my druthers, would I watch that or a found footage movie? Mm, probably a found footage movie. If, if, you know, if we're being honest with one another and why not, um, Derek saying, but they add an evil goth fairy lady in rebirth of Mothra. That's all that really matters. Yeah. We Duncan and I, if you, if you missed it, uh, had a conversation early, earlier today about the goth ish medical examiner in the slasher season three episode two, uh, episode that I think both of us really enjoyed. Um, okay. All right. So let's, uh, let's start bringing her in for a landing here. This won't take long. Here are some horror movies coming to streaming between now and when next we talk, uh, coming to, uh, Netflix, nothing. I couldn't find nothing. Um, <laughs> on Hulu, a movie called sleepwalker that is, uh, I haven't heard of, but that that's happened. Then on Amazon, you got some of them, uh, welcome to the Blumhouse movies coming out. Uh, both of these have dropped and I don't think I mentioned them last week, but it's, uh, Madres, which means mothers and the manor, which, uh, the manor is the one I'm really interested in because that is directed by Axel Carolyn, uh, who is a female horror director that I, I don't know that I'm crazy about her output so far, but I really like her. Uh, I, I've heard her in a, a fair amount of interviews and I just tend to agree with her. And so I'm always hoping that I'm going to connect with her on the next movie she directs. And so, uh, I'm going to give it a shot And plus it's Barbara Hershey and I like Barbara Hershey as well. Uh, also between now and next, we talk on Amazon prime, uh, they're rolling out that, uh, I know what you did last summer series. So if you want a slasher series that ain't slasher and God knows it's gotta be better, uh, then check that out. Um, nothing on HBO max, sadly. Uh, <laughs> oh, Abraham saying prime grizzly and that guy from paranormal activity, the marked ones, the one with the shotgun. Now that's a movie. Holy shit. That's a great idea. Shotgun guy from the marked ones, Andrew prime and grizzly fighting deadites done and you you call it evil evil dead five grin and bear it all right uh on shutter <laughs> coming soon is uh oh before i do that derek with a quality burn of mike merriman saying is sleepwalker the mike Merri merriman bio biopic we need uh that's very funny and Robert saying Netflix did recently upload a short on YouTube written completely by bots. That's amazing. I saw something about that. I need to watch that. That seemed funny. Mike asking, what do you have more hope for? Halloween kills or scream five. Oof. Um, maybe scream five just because that's an unknown quantity. And I feel like I know where David Gordon green at all are heading with that Halloween series. Um, maybe Dan pointing out that's not his. I know what you did last summer. Yeah. It turns out that the, the part of, uh, uh, almost a Jeffrey Jason Lee. What's the, what is the, the pretty girl with the big boobs? What was her name? Jennifer something, right? Hold on. <laughs> you guys, I swear I'm not even on the dope. I just don't remember shit. 
Um, that is Jennifer Love Hewitt. Sorry. JLH. How do I forget? Um, Jennifer Love Hewitt. Uh, yeah. So if they cast her, somebody is going to complain like, well, they got somebody who's only moderately buxom. That ain't my, I know what you did last summer. This girl only has B cups. That's not what I came here for. Um, <laughs> Mike saying day of the paranormal animals, ghost grizzly versus ghost Leslie Nielsen. That's also quite good. That is also a quite, quite a good idea. Um, fighting over the love of a woman as Leslie Nielsen is wont to do. Um, oh my goodness. Alan McPherson just keeps saying Gene Hackman needs to be in all these roles. I agree. I would love to see Popeye Doyle investigating uh, this I Know What You Did Last Summer business. Um, okay, okay. On Shutter in the next week, uh, you got Nosferatu the Vampire, which is that Werner Herzog Nosferatu, which is really, really good. Then you've got a movie I've never seen called Nosferatu in Venice, which apparently uses some of that footage and makes a different movie, which I'm very curious about. It sounds terrible, but I kind of need to see it. Uh, then Possum, which uh, I know Duncan likes a lot. I haven't seen that yet. Uh, Wakewood, which is, um, I think that's sort of a, a witch kind of story or a, like, hey, we we have made a wish for our dead kid to come back, and he does. Then on October 12th, uh, you got uh, a, a trifecta that I can fully support, which is House, starring William Cat, House 2, The Second Story, starring Are You Gross, and The Autopsy of Jane Doe. Now, which of those movies is better? You be the judge. I can watch all three of those. I probably prefer House to all of those, even though objectively The Autopsy of Jane Doe is probably a better made movie. But House and House 2, I have a lot of time for. I think we all know how I feel about Caterpuppies. That's House 2. And then, of course, House uh, is, is a great William Cat uh, film. And The Autopsy of Jane Doe is is pretty creepy. Uh, definitely worth your watch for this Halloween season. <laughs> Somebody called it Weekend at Nosferatu's. That's pretty good. Uh, that Nosferatu in Venice. Nosferatu goes Hawaiian. Um, Abraham Ram saying throw in a Wilford Brimley force ghost for good measure. I think you just get Wilford Brimley to voice from beyond the grave, of course, voice the grizzly. So, uh, you've got Wilford Brimley voicing the bear, including growls and roars and Christopher Lambert, naturally Andrew Prine. And, uh, yeah. Uh, I think that, I think that's the recipe. Uh, Gene Hackman as the fisherman. And I know what you did last summer. Also great casting. Jim saying Nosferatu in Venice is an interesting one. I, I, I feel like I need to see that. I might, I might double feature that. Uh, Mike saying coming summer of 2022. I know what sequel you're planning for next summer. <laughs> well played, sir. Uh, Derek saying Nosferatu in Venice has four directors, including Luigi Cozy and Klaus Kinski himself. Uh, how could that go right? Uh, very exciting. And then finally, on the, the list of movies coming to your eyeball soon on Shudder, on October 15th, that's right, next Friday, is uh, one of their exclusive films, a movie called The Medium, 
which has been playing at some festivals and whatnot. And Shutter continuing to do good work, like bring interesting and different movies. Like not all the not all of them are winners, but you get uh, a Timo Tiante Satan slaves in the mix and whatnot. Some Joko Anwar business. I, I'm there for all of it. Uh, I, I think they do good work. Um, okay, guys, I think that's going to wrap it up. Uh, just a couple of quick notes. Like I said, you're going to have, uh, some business coming this week, uh, with, uh, Psycho 2 on Wednesday in between, either in between there or shortly thereafter, you're going to get Heart of Horror. You're going to get the found footage, full stuff, all that's coming this week. So stay tuned. And as I said, if you would, uh, you'd be doing me a big, big favor to uh, be sure you're subscribing to the podcast uh, and be sure you share it around. Like if you're enjoying what you're hearing, uh, please do so. And, and I hope you get a chance to come back next Sunday to do some more of this because uh, I, I've had a great time. This has been a wonderful birthday present for all of you to be here present with me. And, and uh, see what you miss on the audio version of this is, uh, is the looks, um, as I, I'm weirdly proud. Uh, so let me tell you one thing that happened today in closing. <clears throat> so as I said, thank you for being here. We're going to wrap up. This will be the final story that I tell. So we're setting up our, our, our chicken wire ghost today in our little cemetery. And to do so, we have to, uh, basically connect the chicken wire ghosts because they're kind of light because they're made of chicken wire. Um, they're kind of light. So you have to anchor them to the ground. And so what I did is I cut up, uh, some wire clothes hangers and made hooks and then took some craft wire and connected those to our, uh, chicken wire ghosts. And we spray paint, spray painted them green so that they kind of blend into the, the yard. Um, in doing all of this, as I'm connecting the uh, <laughs> the chicken, not chicken wire, but the uh, the craft wire to the lady, we've got a male and female ghost, and so I'm tying this to the uh, the midsection of the the chicken wire ghost, and I say to Brandy, I says, um, "Hey, it looks like I'm a ghost doctor working on her." Booterus. That's right. I made a uterus pun with boo. Um, so that is it for this <laughs> Sinister Sunday. If you're listening to us in podcast form, it is uh of course the Morbid Monday. Uh please come by the the Facebook group. Just uh if you're still on the Facebook, um just look for uh, the dark parade on Facebook. And there's always some minor conversation kind of happening in there. And you'll see notices when this video goes live spoilers. This video is going to be uh six o'clock Eastern time on Sundays until something happens that I can't do it on a particular Sunday. And then we'll do it on a Friday or something. So, um, <laughs> Alan saying no wire hangers in the booterus. I get it. I get it, but you know, with these restrictive laws these days, Alan, what what's a boobortion doctor to do? Um, God, these jokes are terrible. I apologize, but you know, it's my birthday. Go to hell. Uh, <laughs> that's also a t-shirt I'm going to get. It's my birthday. Go to hell. 
Uh, all right, guys, thank you, thank you, thank you yet again. Thanks for joining me. This has been a tremendous amount of fun. I hope you have time next week to come back and do it all over again. And uh, that's it. I'll, uh, I'll definitely see you next time. Have a great rest of the weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Bye, everybody. Beware the lamb bear. Beware the lamb bear.